You've arrived. You've arrived to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Come along as he explores the shadows of yesterday's failures in order to gain the knowledge required for a better tomorrow. The journey starts now. Let's go! What's happening, folks? What's happening, folks? Bob Dog checking in with you once again. Oh, man, life is good. Life is good. Hopefully, life is better for you than it is for me. I do wish that upon everybody. And uh, that goes back to today's episode. I've definitely been looking in the mirror. Um, it was strange. You know, I had some some members of my family find my YouTube channel and start sharing it. And then people hearing things or whatever they're hearing, they start sending me messages about what, you know, their views on what, you know, happened back then and what they did or where I was wrong. That is not the point of this shit. That is not, you know, this is not what it's about. I'm not going to sit here and be micromanaged on my memory. My memory is the worst thing that I have. Um, Everybody, if you listen to very smart people like Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, I listen to him. And when he talks about, you know, witness witness testimonies and things like that and how weak that they are and how our memories are very fragile, very twisted, very um, not strong. You know, we shouldn't rely on them very much and it's more of a science, you know, we need more evidence than that. So it's very interesting when it comes to that stuff. I'm not here to be perfect. I'm definitely not a memory person. Um, Horrible with the memory, not sitting here going to be Everybody that's wrong. So I really just started looking in the mirror because I really don't give a fuck. I really don't give two fucks about who thinks what. And I don't give a damn. Like whether it's the closest person or the furthest person from me, um, whether it's a stranger or whether it's somebody I've known for a hundred years. I ain't even a hundred years old. You know what I mean? It's like I, I could give a fuck less about opinion in that sense. And it really got me just looking at... um why I am where I am. And I'm not saying that this is a very strong trait. It's a very something I have a lot of conviction for conviction cockroach. Big shout out to my V friends out there. What's up? What's up? So it's something that I feel very strong about, um, that I really don't give a fuck about the opinions. Like I walk outside. I've been, I've been the guy that mobbing around in SpongeBob pajama pants, pulling your girl's number. Like I was always that guy. I didn't never gave two shits. Um, Always drove little bucket Hondas, never really gave a damn about, you know, what was on it. I'll put a church sticker on the rear window while I'm drinking a 40. Like, fuck your opinion. Just know this is what I'm about. This is how I do it. And never really gave a damn about that. So I just started looking in the mirror. And I'm not saying it's right at all, Um, especially because I make this podcast for my children. That's the only reason I make it so they can learn by my examples. If they ever want to know what their dad was like, if I die tomorrow, which is, you know, has always been the plan just because I've always lived that type of life. Um, at least I can look back and look at my ways of thinking. So I am definitely not right. Most of the times my memory is typically wrong. I'm the first person to say it. I'm not going to go back and try to justify all of my wrongs. I've done too many of them. So I just constantly keep pushing forward, keep pushing forward. And life is fucking good, man. Life is good. So, man, I keep going on that or do I just jump back? So I could keep going on that all day, but really end of the day, I just look in the mirror and I have to realize what failures have got me into the position that I'm in. And I'm not happy with it in the sense of comfort, but I'm very happy in it in the sense of I've spent more time with my daughter than I've ever imagined I would. Um, this all comes back to just losing time with my son. I definitely spent years without my son and it breaks my heart every fucking day. It never got, 
better. It doesn't get less. Um, you can get drunker and it doesn't, it doesn't help. You know what I mean? It's a fucking pain. Like a parent without a kid is a pain that I hope, you know, you never understand. It's, it's something, especially when you want your kid and CPS on another state. So they got them and they're putting them in a foster home because the state you live in California has too much red tape and fuck the system, man. Fuck this shit. I know how this government works. It's all about money. You you can't convince me otherwise. I've been through too much um, with the money on it. I have been the man that sat in court. I was talking with my homie. We went out to the bar the other day because he just paid bail. He's got fighting a gun charge and all his shit. I sat there, looked at the judge, and I said, Your Honor, I got more time than money. You can keep me in this bitch. Y'all ain't getting a dollar from me. You know what I mean? Y'all ain't getting a dollar from me. I want a trial by a jury because y'all going to have to sit here and prove this shit in front of everybody. You know what I mean? And, uh, end of the day i signed for an infraction and then i started learning about you know just the uh the rates of conviction rates and things like that and how everybody wants to be looked at as successful because they you know i think the fbi or somebody has like a 99 percent conviction rate or somebody like like what the fuck man so it's all comes down to just keeping their rate right they you know they knew that they weren't going to get me they knew i was going to sit in there and soak up all that I mean, y'all could keep me locked up keep feeding me like i got more time than money go ahead you know i ain't gonna see my son if i'm out so i didn't give a fuck anyways it all comes down to social stru- uh, social structure, folks. And I, I really look in the mirror, and I'm really trying to figure out, like, where my flaws are. And I'm a lot of people will call them flaws, especially in society. It's definitely considered a flaw because I don't give a fuck about your social structure. I haven't given a damn about the way that I've been viewed. And a lot of this comes into just my childhood and my upbringing. Um, I did have a grandma that took very good care of us and would actually take us clothes shopping every year. We'd get like a bunch of clothes for Christmas and beginning of school year, you know, she'd take us out shoe shopping and stuff like that. So as a child growing up through elementary school, at least through fourth, fifth grade, we, we had a lot of clothes. Like we were taken care of. We weren't struggling too much. Um, it was at that point, I guess we we would have been viewed as a very successful family. My mom was part of the PTA. You know, she was doing her thing. My dad ran his own business, you know, over around the corner. So we would have been, I think, the American dream. That's the way I always look at my childhood. We were just living the American dream. We had everything. We were part of the sports teams. My dad even sponsored a couple things as far as the sports. I remember his, his company name on the banners and stuff. Like, living the American dream to the fullest. So, about fourth, fifth grade, once my mom left, um, I just remember, I don't remember too much of fifth and sixth grade, how that ended. I just remember being in seventh grade and not having no fucking clothes, like two pairs of pants. One was a pair, a size 38 and the other was like a 46. I mean, just huge to where I'm still not in a third. I'm still wearing like a 32, 34. So I still need a belt just to wear 32s. I think I'm probably like a 30 to 32 actually. Now I think about it, but either way, they were big as hell. I could fit another person inside my pants and shit like that. And my dad started bringing us over to get school shoes and they would be three for 20, but they were counterfeit as shit. Like everybody knew you look at it and you just knew they were counterfeit. So you were kind of get what you get, but either way people go, you know what I mean? You ain't going to impress nobody. End of the day. Um, I, by the way, I had those two pairs of pants. One of them had a reflective strip down the side. I actually found a picture of my childhood where I was actually wearing them the other day. That was kind of awesome. Um, those pants are memory sake to me, but even I remember there was a girl, it was a bigger girl. I wish I remember her name. She was a beautiful person. Um, and she sat next to me, a little Chola chick. She was definitely part of the little gang, BAB, badass bitches and all this. Like it was, I, I grew up different, but I remember her telling me like, dude, like you only really have like one pair of pants, huh? I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, like 
we all noticed. Like, I remember her telling me in class, and I was just like, oh, that was like seventh, eighth grade, because I, I didn't give a shit. Like, whatever, maybe nobody notices. But that's when she told me, like, we all noticed, like, oh, okay, I didn't even know all that. But everybody knew it. You know what I mean? I, I, I rolled with the DGKs, the dirty, dirty ghetto kids. I started smoking weed right around seventh grade, and like, bad smoking weed. Like, everybody knew. So around that time is when my best friends at the time, um, Big shout out to Corey and Danny. Those are my dogs. They had to, they told me when I went to them in the, in the morning, I went up to the, they used to chill in one of the teacher's classes. I remember I walked in there after smoking weed out, out with my friends, the hoodlums. And I walked in there. I was just sitting at the table talking with all of them. They were like, Hey man, we, we can't hang out with you no more. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, with everything you're doing and stuff, like we can't hang out with you. And I'm like, Psh. All right, cool. I'm out. You know what I mean? And this day's generation say bet. And it just took off. You know what I mean? I went out. I find some other little rat. I knew everybody. So it was like, whatever. I'll just find somewhere else to chill. Um, got in a lot of fights and stuff. A lot of, I didn't give a shit, man. I definitely got my front tooth knocked out. That's still a problem to this day. I, I definitely been in fights since I was youngster, youngster. You know, uh, I was uh, scrapping my second, third grade. We were fighting by seventh grade, full blown. Um, by high school, it was a whole nother another game around here so social class man that's the way i look at it social structures and that type of stuff um i never really was viewed as a success i never really wanted to be viewed as a success or i never had that desire to be viewed as a success um especially in the physical world i would say that definitely never appeared to me it was never really something that was gonna happen especially being a white kid in a non-white community it was always like one you shouldn't fucking be here it was kind of like the way that i always felt like being looked at you got white privilege. i've had people talk about white privilege to me as i was homeless living in my car and these motherfuckers over here getting government assistance on some section eight shit you know what i mean it's just like what the fuck so my dad owned a business like i said so when it came to like getting school loans and stuff everybody always wanted to know what my dad made but he never shared that type of stuff with us and even if we asked it was different because he never really got a paycheck so it always fucked it up but the Fucked up part was, like I said, by the age of 12, 13, he was no longer give. I'd never got a, a single thing from him. You know what I mean? I, had, I couldn't live with him. I wasn't getting a damn thing. So it, what he made was irrelevant. It had nothing to do with me. But our society and all that is not structured for that type of um, upbringing. So I actually did not have the opportunity to take school loans. And when I did see the amount of money that they were charging with the interest, oh, hell no, you, you couldn't get me to sign up for a school loan. So I was out of the whole school scheme uh scam a, a long long time ago i already saw that i said fuck no i'm not taking that route if that's what people are gonna be viewing successful like i'm gonna go slang dope you know what i mean I, I was already gone i was already viewed as a failure by the people that mattered most to me so what the random person you know walking the streets what they think about me i could give a fuck less dude like especially by the time you hit homelessness that i was keep it back in high school so i was like one of the few so when the race riots went down at san Bernardino high school I was chilling on the wall eating french fries. You know what I mean? Just chilling, eating french fries. Mexicans and blacks going at it all around me. And the only time I got it was when the pepper spray started going because that shit started fucking up the taste of my french fries. And that thing don't discriminate. Pepper spray goes everywhere. So I just had to get up and keep it pushing, man. But, yeah, that's why there were times where people fucked with me, but there was times where, you know, I wasn't part of the bigger issue. So it's pros and cons, man. It's part of life. Um definitely part of life there's definitely so I, I understand different views on racism i have lived in um, white communities now that i've gotten older and got to live in different states and stuff and that was interesting i'll never forget the first day i went to ukaipa high school and watch it let out and i just saw all these white people coming down and i was like whoa it was a shell shock i didn't know that existed in california 
I was just like, what the hell? There's so many white people. Like, I didn't know that existed. And it was very interesting, um, especially when I started partying up there and going that age. My first baby mama, she was from up there. And it was just, I'm telling you, man, it was different for me. I was stuck. I was like, holy shit, this is weird. Like, I'm not the only. In San Bernardino, I get in fights just walking out of the house. I have somebody, only bitches have long hair. And it's like, what the fuck? Because I was baby Jesus. I had my little Honda, red Honda. Didn't fuck with nobody. I just had long hair, long blonde hair. Didn't fuck with nobody, you know, just minding my business. And that's literally how it would go. Or I pull up to the gas station. Hey, man, nice, nice car. I'd be like, thank you, man. And he'd be like, no, like real nice car. And I'm like, oh, but here we go. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know why y'all got to fuck with me. Or when I'm in the bars and I had a, I was dating a little ring girl and we would always be in there and always people come by shoulder check me i'm just like i've been here all the time by myself nothing as soon as i'm here with a bad chick i'm the only white guy i got the baddest chicken there's always an issue somebody they always want to fight it's just what it does it's it's an ego it's a social status and that's really what this episode is about because when i look at my surroundings and what drives everybody and I see a lot of it. It's all keeping up with the Joneses. I see a lot of new cars, like everybody's driving new cars to try to look successful when we're fucking struggling your ass off. And instead of accumulating resources so you can better your circumstances, everybody's over here buying shit to try to impress the next person. And it's social class. You know what I mean? It's uh, as I looked more into it, because to me, it was just really status. So I looked at it as more of a status symbol or like everybody has their status. Um, Another word to put it is prestige or, you know, what, what's your prestige. And as I started really looking into it, it's, it's really their sociological constructs and it's all actually like social, social, sociology, social, sociology. I don't know. Y'all, y'all know y'all more educated than me, but I actually started studying this shit and seeing that there was actually, you know, there's classes on it. It's actually branches of studies into soci, soci, sociology. There we go. Sociology. I'm going with that one. Sounds better. So, and there's, actually different types of uh statuses there's ascribed statuses like your race your gender things that you're more born with and then there's achieved statuses as far as degrees positions um being a husband a mother things that are you know achieved throughout life and it just really came to down to some real self-reflection um it really all started i was i was on x yesterday um I mean, that is Twitter. I say that and it all makes me think of my younger childhood when I was selling a lot of ecstasy. And if you said you were on X, you were definitely clenching your jaw. Uh, had some funny ass episodes. Big Matt, man, and your stolen Kia and all that shit, man. Oh, God, some days. But there was a post on X and it was um, the post. I, I don't remember her, her name. I would definitely give her a shout out. But it was the most egotistical thing I've seen in my life on social media and it was just like everybody glanced over people even supported it but to me it was just really weird because the x post was top women entrepreneurs and then it said uh you know there was people were putting their comments right and people are going in actually putting like who they think it is and then people would like yeah i support that i support that well there was some person out there who did not even get a single mention on the list went tweeted it you know quote tweeted the thing and was like, I can't believe not even one mention of myself, but I'm proud of myself and da 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 da. And I've been working. It was the most egotistical thing I said I've ever seen. Like it was so fucking weird to me to see something like that. I'm just not comfortable with it now. For those of you listen, I'm not a right and wrong person. I'm not going to tell you that's right to do, and I'm not going to tell you that's wrong to do. I was just looking at the mental side of it and the people that I follow, such as let's just say Gary V or Tony Robert, people like that, and 
when there's a list up there, one, they don't give a fuck about what what list they're on. They don't they don't give a fuck. That has nothing to do with what they're doing. But two, you are not going to see them on there bitching and complaining. If anything, they're just going to put their head down and work more. But to sit out there and bitch about it is so egotistical. I was just like, how are we really going to do this? But um, out there, yes, yeah, the the woman just straight went out there and said, I didn't even get a mention. It's like, and she just started just boasting about what they've accomplished and done. It was just literally this is what people do. And I was just like, why would somebody do that? And it was like that person literally values their status online that high and thinks that highly of themselves, which really makes me just back to the quote, we're all the center of our own universe. But hey, it all comes down when it comes to social classes and it not even really social because you can think of just the idea of heaven and heaven and hell and the, the fact that you're going to be in the class that's up, you know, in heaven and the upper class. That's how you get to the upper class because you're in heaven, you're higher than the others. And it's like very interesting when you look at all that um, materialist materialism i've already told you about my childhood but once i hit homelessness and you live in your van and you're out there i didn't really sit on the streets like that i'm more of an undercover guy i'll I'll definitely be sitting in a ditch or under an alley or away from society reading books and things like that it's really easy to get your hand on books um especially you could go to a bookstore and just tell them like man i'm homeless i'm just looking for something to read typically i try to give you a fucking bible and it's like no dude i have like fuck i have enough of those i just want a book you know i just want to escape the adventure so I would typically sit in my van. Thankfully, I had a van that was donated to me from the church that I was going to that didn't, uh, that was a falling out. So really the church wanted the van back. And I was like, I'm homeless, man. I can't go without my van. So thankfully my mom allowed me to go back into her house with my stepdad. At that point, the van was given back and the van was no longer in my life. Uh, I also had a Toyota Corolla or Camry, Toyota 1989 Toyota Camry that just disappeared one morning. It was just gone. Had that happen, the same thing with a 96 Civic. It just, that's part of life. But uh, social status, materialistic, materialism, like I said, my childhood wasn't about it. When I hit homelessness, you really don't give a fuck. You realize how much people value you. You know what I mean? Uh, nobody gives a shit. Nobody's there to help you. It's very very small open arms that's why i gotta say minimal minimal open arms everybody's about themselves it's the american culture there is no real community you want any proof you just look around your neighborhood and not many people even know their neighborhoods in places like san Bernardino. Uh, i think i'm the only one that knows all of my neighbors none of them know each other but they all know me so they come over and they'll, they'll, they'll talk about each other but mostly in positive ways i don't, I don't try to fuel negative uh talkings i just look at it more as a learning experience so even the person that's like oh my god he talked about me on the podcast about my tweet i just personally looked at it i've never thought like that so to me it was just a learning experience if you take it personal take it personal i don't give a damn even when i uh, quoted it like i don't maybe you just think more highly of yourself than others do maybe it's a self-inflated you know it's like and i'm, I'm sure that you know you really have to do some self-searching on that one but it was literally the most egotistical thing i've fucking seen and the same person you know what it was the same person was part of a V woman or V V friends women or something like, but just totally subjected or just took it. And I didn't even know this until I actually looked at the uh, profile afterwards, but literally just took, I went to go follow, but then I saw it was part of it. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not even doing this one sided bullshit. So for me, I love V friends. I'm a big V friends person. There is no V friends, man. There is no V friends, woman. It is V friends. We all in this together. Um, we identify as cockroaches, ticks, and creatures. You know what I mean? That's what that's what it's about. Like a V friend, that shit, especially online. 
Um, that's what I love about the internet is half of my friends online. I don't even, couldn't even tell you what race they are, race or ethnicity or sex or uh, it don't fucking matter to me. Like you're either respectful and nice or you're not. So when you start subjecting those types of things, um, it's fucked up. I remember women's night as a Californian, which is no longer legal. You know, you can't even have women get in for free. Guys got to pay because that's sexual discrimination. It's fucked up. I always thought it was fucked up. I was never with that. And, uh, hey, you want the right to be treated equal. We are equal at this motherfucking table 100%. So that's why, hey, when we're being equal, we're being equal. I mean, I don't understand the whole here. We're going to be equal, but we're going to, you know, separate ourselves. And No, hell no. Let's all ride together. I'm all for unity, but we're not going to be united and divided. That shit don't work. Not at all. So that all goes back to just social class and people trying to classify themselves, people worried about their status, things like that. Um, speaking of status, I do want to give it up for my man, Ilya Taporia. What a fight at UFC 298 before I forget, just became world champion, champion of the world. And the reason I think of him is because I was listening to his interview and people asked him like, okay, well now that you're the champion, now what? And he was like, well, if you put me right now, I have to, you know, I I would probably say it's a rematch, but honestly, this is. I finally achieved my dream and now I got to sit back, talk with my management team and figure out what's next. And it was just like, wow, like now what? You know, he finally hit the status. His whole dream was to hit the status of world champion of the UFC. He is finally the world champion. He has achieved the status that has driven him every day, the desire for that status. Now he has that status. That's what it comes down to. You know what I mean? You want the status of the number one. It's just what it is. It's when you think about people want to be kings and queens. I was listening to a Tiger song Today, when I was riding it, and it was just like, everyone wants to be kings and queens. And it was just like, everybody, I don't want to be no fucking king. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to know first, like, let's talk about president. I would not want to be the president because I don't have enough knowledge in those area, in enough areas to be a president. So, um, like when it comes to Donald Trump, for example, he has been around politics for a long time. He understands a lot more, but I would say he's more focused on business. So he knows business, a great businessman. Now, did you know we can talk about policies all day with that i'm not i'm not here to support or bash anybody it's just interesting to me that non-political people can jump in and even think that they have enough vast knowledge to um tackle that type of task however i'm not going to say he did bad or good i will say i'm very thankful that he was the first president in my lifetime not to start a war so i am so i was so thankful i give it up for that that was amazing because I'm all for saving the children, like legit saving all children. Not here. We're going to go bomb the fucking Gaza Strip and we're going to kill these people to make, you know, to secure these people. That, that shit's all cowardish to me, man. None of that should be going down. If anything, I'm all for choking out your enemy. Go over there, take out your enemy hand to hand, but don't be dropping bombs, taking out innocent children. You're fucking cowards. And I would not mind choking them motherfuckers out. They were dropping them bombs. But that's a whole nother thing. Social status is... um. Interesting. Congratulations, Ilya Taporia, on his victory. We also had Robert Whitaker. Uh, Marab had some great. Vi- there they were some. Um, it was an amazing fight card last night. Dana White, the whole UFC team, give it up for them. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Speaking of status, I watched them go from the dirt balls of society, completely illegal, to now watching what the UFC is doing is such an accomplishment. They're status in society changed dramatically 180 and that is completely crazy but back to 
materialism. Um, you can look at it in our cars, in our clothes, especially in clothes, name brand. I mean, everybody's wearing brand this, brand that. That's all sociological, uh, sociological structures and trying to, you know, show your class. And it's all materialism and it's all tied in. You can look at cars. Um, I drive some bucket ass cars. I drove an 89 CRX recently. And I remember sitting at a light and there was like a 63 Thunderbird or 60 something Thunderbird pulled up next to me. And he was looking at my car, looking at the fender, which was like barely holding on, but you know, not, not looking good, but it's on there. It's good. Uh, just a bucket. It was a bucket. It's a work in progress, but I just got it still working on it. He pulled up next to me. He gave me a weird, weird little look. And I jumped out, gave him the thumbs up. And at that point he smiled, gave me a thumbs up and I just went on my way. But it's interesting because he probably had his own thought in his head. Like, look at this fucking little Honda guy. But then as soon as I seen it is respect, man. I love those old cars. I wish I could afford it. I wish I could be where he is. I love everything about it. It's nothing but respect. So yesterday I was out there cleaning off some transmissions, cleaning off the grease. And I had a low rider go by just pimped out Lincoln town car. And he just up on the switches. It was funny because last time there was a female driving and she like gay. She, she waved at me, had her long ass nails is waving at me. I was like, hell yeah. At this time, they come around the corner, and he's thumping, you know what I mean? I just, I put my hand, I'm doing bouncing. As soon as he sees me, he starts honking his horn, and he just, oh, geez. So as soon as he's coming down the other way, he actually pulled over. He's like, what's up, bro? I was like, man, that thing hard, man. I want to take a picture. I just, I get so caught up in the moment, and my phone's inside the garage, and it's like, man, this thing's dope. Got the 100 spokes on it, and he just pulls up. He's like, what's up, bro? I was like, man, I love this car. Like, respect, respect. We're just talking and chopping it up, man. Like I said, I don't, I don't see... You can sit here and talk about, I see color. If I don't see color, you don't understand racism. Man, I, I don't give a fuck what you are. You're respectful to me. I, I respected the guy's build. That's all it was. Like When I saw his car, I don't give a fuck if he's gangbanging. I don't give a damn what you do in your life. I just wanted you to know I respect the build that you have You know, got to this point. Like Where he's going with it, probably going to get a doper, you know, do something more. I don't know, but I love it right now. So I had another dude pull up, uh, an- another brother, another African-American guy pulled up on me. In a little Honda the other day, my daughter and I was out there. And when he drove by the first time, I just gave him the hand pump. And he just, vroom, vroom, he revved on me, drove by. I was out there with my daughter and my family. So he just revved on me. When he came back the other way, he just stopped, middle of the street. and was like, what's up, bro? So I went out there, chopped it up with him. Big shout out, JB, man, what's up, man? I got his number. He's right around the corner from me. So, I mean, it's just all Honda is love. I love the the, the car game. I love everything about it, but not in the materialistic sense. Um, I just love certain car models. I love the the work that goes into them to get the body lines flawless. I understand the hours of body work that goes into it to make the side of a car look like a mirror, especially the older cars. Cause you know, there's dents in there, but you want to keep the, the, you know, Bondo minimal. You want to keep it mostly all metal and it's tough to do, man. There's a lot of metal work and artistry out there. There's a lot of electrical geniuses out there. I mean, there's people in their own realms and, Oh my goodness. Status, man. I love cars, but it is not about the materialisticness. Um, really makes me think of my boy, Mike, big shout out to my boy, Mike. I know he probably don't listen to his. I'll be surprised if he's alive, alive, to be honest. Um, I was actually telling a story about his hairy wife the other day on a podcast. I didn't finish it, but she was the, I don't think it was Jehovah witness. I think it was seventh day in Venice or something, but they didn't shave. She had really hairy armpits, hairy legs. She came up, she kept wanting me to do jujitsu with her. And I never went by. I was like, hell no. Like, it's just weird. Cause that was my homie's wife. Um, the homie I almost fought for, I was in a man basket. The very first day I started working construction and the other guy was punking him. We we're like a hundred feet off the ground, 70 feet off the ground. I'm like, dude, 
I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'll, I'll, we can park this thing. I'll go down there and fight you right now. I don't know who you are. I don't know what your beef is, but I'm just trying to work, and I can't do this right now in these man baskets. I'll fight you. He was like, for real? Like, it ain't like that. I got beef with him. I was like, no, fuck y'all. Let's get this work done and get me out of this basket, and then y'all can, y'all can do your thing, man. But either way, that's I, I, I ain't trying to do nobody wrong like that. So I remember his girl kept trying to come by. I, I kept avoiding her. She would end up running into my uncle. He'd be calling me like, hey, man, this girl's here. I'm like, hell, no, I ain't going home, bro. I'm, I'm going to jog another three miles. I'll be back when I'm back. So end of the story. And a long day short, she ended up sleeping with some other construction worker, blah, blah, blah. And they ended up having some fallout. They, uh, she slept with some other guy rumor-wise. And then that nothing, you know, rumor-wise. So they made it. He ended up going to another job site with somebody I know. He ended up getting caught smoking weed on the job site after he came home and found her with a bunch of people, you know, guys and girls. Like, she was cheating on him with some youngsters that were at the house, like high school kids. And he lost his family. He ended up losing his job. I just think of him because I remember him telling me when I would talk with him, he's an awesome guy, awesome individual, very free spirit, very free-minded guy. And he would just tell me stories about him hitchhiking. Um, and that's just whether it's jumping on trains or going across just hitchhiking with the finger, you know, standing on the side of the highway. And he said he really enjoyed it. It was something that he actually wanted to do again. And at the time, I was just looking at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I, I, I really respect this guy. I, I love everything about him. I just remember him telling me that, like, I would like to be a hitchhiker again. And I was just like, huh, that's interesting. But now that I'm older and I've been homeless and stuff, I just understand the lack of responsibilities. When you wake up, you have nowhere to go. There's not, you don't have to stay. You don't have a home to go back to. So you can literally jump on a train and just go. It doesn't matter where it goes, wherever it goes. You'll work to figure out your food or your next meal. And, you know, you, you just work your way along. You show up somewhere, ask if anybody needs help. But today's society is a lot more different because everything has to be taxed and you need paperwork on everything. So you can't really just work under the table for, you know, two or three days and then hit the road again. It's not like it used to be. However, he really enjoyed it. He didn't give a fuck about his status. He was just enjoyed the lack of responsibilities and the lack of uh, financial burdens and things like that. And now that I'm older, I totally understand it and I respect it. And it was just a lack of caring about status the whole thing that makes this country drives this country you know and everybody wants to be on top and be there without that you don't have the whole social it's a it's a flip coin you you it's not a pros and cons it's just one actually society depends on social class and social structures you're always going to have the people you're going to have the laborers that are down there doing the labor doing the work and then you're going to have the, the people on top that are taking the work and the fruit taking the fruit of the labor and they're selling it to somebody else for more than they paid for the labor, you know, and they're just making what's up top. And then that's called profit. Then they got to figure out, they determine what to do with the profit. They could, they're not going to redistribute it to the lower class. They actually keep it more upon themselves. And that's where we end up with the whole game of capitalism, which has just completely collapsed since the 1970s. Uh, capitalism has, it worked pretty successfully for what, 150 years in America. However, once you hit the 1970s, you start having bankers and everything. The bankers start loaning out money. You have all types of just, it's a, it's a complete disaster. Um, you have social classes in upper and lower, and you just have exploited class structures. I mean, you have um, creating debt in the terms of the 1970s, in the terms of credit cards, home loans. Now we're financing cars. The, I've noticed that the upper class rent out their land and loan out their money. So that's what it really comes out to. The lower class, we're simply 
you know, try giving them the profits and it all just comes down to profits. And then what they do with the profits, they typically keep it amongst the, the upper class and the lower class. It never gets redistributed. It's very scary when I look at it because I just look at America in general and I don't understand how it's going to work out long term just in the cycle that I've witnessed over my 30 plus years. And it was like, man, the golden age of America being, the, you know, the supreme power is definitely gone um, as an economy and all that. It's, it's definitely diminished. We had that when it, like I said, during the 1970s, when you stopped getting paid for your work and everybody started getting paid. Basically, this position gets this amount of wages. We had a lot more women into the workforce. You needed a lot more of an equal pay structure. And the people that were really busting their ass every day in, day out to be the hardest worker, you're getting paid the same, if not less than the person next to you. And it really kills that competitive day in, day out structure. Um, And it's actually people start playing more of a long-term game. I say that as somebody that really likes to go in, sweat my ass off, I'm a competitor. I, I loved mixed martial arts. I love, you know, testing the next person's physical abilities to the and mental abilities. Their, their mental, fatigue, mental fatigue is just as powerful, if not more powerful, than physical fatigue. So I love every side of that. Um, there's definitely – I have nothing against, you know, women and men in sports, and there's certain things like chess and certain things like that where, shit, it's more competitive. The, the woman probably has an advantage in them, motherfucker. So I love all types of sports and not here to discriminate. Like I said, I love everybody equally, and I hate everybody the same. So – um, it doesn't come down to that type of shit. I just love, I love competition. So with that being said, when it comes to like the capitalistic ways of things are done or the way that money's loaned out um, to individuals, especially I watched the housing collapse. I watched how, um, how let's just say how uh, irresponsible the people loaning the money were. When I got a car loan at like 18 to 27%, I didn't know what I was doing. I'll be straight up honest with you. I never should have signed that. And there was no way that I was going to pay. It was all fucked up and they should be held just as responsible as I was for taking advantage of my ignorance, but they're not, you know what I mean? That's just the way that it goes in our social class, social structures. The banks are viewed as our friends now, um, as opposed to over generations, they've been viewed as the enemies. They have completely redesigned just the way that we view things. It's amazing to watch. It's really amazing. So what does this all come down to is um, we are all the center of our own universes. End of the day. I mean, we all look at it and we, I don't think we understand each day that we're floating through a rock in the middle of fucking space, like in the middle of a galaxy. And it's just, it's so strange, man, when I look at it all and I just, I value the ability to wake up and walk um, differently than most people. Cause I did, you know, grow up with some pu- paraplegics and quadriplegics and lived with handicapped individuals. So I'm very thankful for my ability to simply walk every day, um, let alone my ability to live in general. Oh man, life is good folks. So all I've been like, so I'm just speaking on class society. And this was my personal issues that I've just been reflected on and just wanted to share with y'all, man, I'm definitely going to keep studying into sociology and, just the whole, you know, class, social classes and things like that. It's very interesting to me. It is the reason why I have not accomplished more in the sense of positions, in the sense of school, of degrees, and that type of thing. It's just I never valued it. I never valued that piece of paper and your opinion of me. I would rather just know how to do it and be able to get the job done. Whether or not I have that piece of paper was irrelevant because I didn't care about the way that you viewed me. So, it's very interesting. It all comes back to me. So, and, and, uh, 
it all comes back to me and my decisions and I guess you would say my beliefs um, is just that I don't I don't really believe believe that the opinion of others were too valuable. So I don't know if it's a belief or a lack of belief or however you want to word it or call it. But it's like I don't value the opinion of others very, very highly, especially in this society. That's kind of different. It's not going to motivate me. And people looking at my car funny and looking at me like hella strange. It's like, man, I've been hella strange. Look at my long hair. Don't care. Little white boy in the Dino. You know what I mean? It's like, shh. I used to be sitting in class and be like, hey, hey, white boy, let me braid your hair. And I'd be like, huh? I never, I never did, I never did white people hair before. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Just take it out by the end of class. So I'd be sitting there and have girls just braiding my hair in class and just have some crazy ass red scalp and it should be hurting some girls. So I'd be like, hell no, you ain't doing it again. But I got to learn a lot. Like I love people, man. I really love people. I love the different cultures, um, the different cultures in society. I love, you know, a lot of my Vietnamese family has showed me so much love and just the difference of their cultures compared to my Caucasian family. And I mean, this is very strong. When I lived with a Klansman, nothing but respect for what he valued as far as family. He just didn't value others outside of their race, outside of the class, um, the aspired class, I, I believe it was called. And it was, it's very interesting, man. Very interesting. Cause even then there's some very respectful and strong people. I've, I've lived with the pimps, the pimps. Hey man, I can tell you that they were using me cause I was the little white boy. I'd be the easiest guy to get the dope and the gun inside of whatever situation. But at the same time, they never disrespected me. They gave me huge opportunities and I'm very thankful for that. So I've been around pimps that are very respectful. They're always respectful to me. If you're disrespectful to me, we could fight. Like I wasn't worried about that. They, they, they don't, they know who I, they knew exactly who the hell I was. And we ain't even got a fight. If I got said, man, it'd be the last time you're disrespectful to anybody on this damn planet. So that's what I mean. I've always been viewed as a loser. I never wanted to change that, aspired to change that. I've always accepted that. So when it came to, um, acquiring things like owning land and doing things, I just never really wanted to play into the bank. I never wanted to give into the bank, but by not playing the game, all I've done is remained a pawn on the chessboard. So even when it comes down to education for the children out there, for anybody, if you're going through high school, middle school, elementary school, college, it's all an opportunity. Take advantage. You're all just playing part of a game. Once you understand the game, then you just play it. But for me, I went to more of an individual, fuck this, fuck that. Um, I don't believe in what you're trying to give me. But instead of not believing the way that people want you to think, you just have to look at it more as these are the rules of society. So you don't have to think the way society wants you to think, but you got to play within the rules of the game. You have to realize that this whole life when it comes to society and moving up the the corporate ladder, making money and all that, that's just a game. And I'm really learning that now. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm failing with it, which is fine because through my failures, I learn more most of the time. Um, If I do accomplish something, I don't get the same thrill. I get the thrill of losing and learning and I get those types of thrills. So I'm going to go out and actually work on some transmissions right now, see how that works out. Um, My powder coating, I've been doing really well on that. And it's life is fucking good, folks. So Today's episode was really just self-reflection, looking back at why I am in the position that I am, and that is um, shit, unemployed, you know, slanging out of the house. I'm definitely doing some things. I'm slanging some uh, cars and breaking down cars and parting things out, and I'm definitely not hurting compared to some other people around the world, but to most people, especially in America, I'm a failure that doesn't even get a paycheck right now, which is fine. Um, I'm not relying on anybody, and uh, it's a... It's a different way of life. So yes, I could take some, you know, bank loans and try to do this and try to build that and make somebody else rich while I'm doing my things. But 
it's interesting, folks, the way that uh, our social structures are set up. The upper class is very not very much middle class, but, you know, I, I've lived in that area, and it was nice, man. Definitely over the way that things have gone, there's a huge division between upper and lower, and there's less of a middle class in today's society. But who the hell am I to talk about this stuff? So I'm just going to keep dwelling on um, my decisions. You can call it that, but just trying to learn from what the hell looking at my life's patterns and what got me here. So maybe this helps somebody. Maybe this doesn't. Maybe this shares a little perspective. Maybe it doesn't. So if it does help one person in this universe over time, an alien, I don't give a damn if it's a human. It can be an alien, a plant form, something in the future that ends up finding this technology and listening to it. Don't give a damn. So with that being said, I love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. I truly do wish everybody the best. If you do want to be on the podcast, reach out. If you need help with anything, some information on anything, I'll do anything I can for anybody. I love, appreciate each and every one of y'all, and I'm out. The time has come. You've been listening to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Follow us on social media, subscribe on YouTube, and visit nipplewhiskerspodcast.com for exclusive offers and information on upcoming episodes. This podcast will now self-destruct in three, two, one.